So you said in your keynote that the biggest return on investment at VCon is the relationships you make. Is that what VCon's all about? That and education, right? Relationships and education. No question are the two frameworks that I focus on for this event. Awesome. So you went from VFriends Series 1 to VFriends Series 2. What are some of the lessons you learned along the way from Series 1 to Series 2? I wouldn't call it lessons. I would call it being more comfortable with the technology, right? Launching series one, I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, you turn on, you know. Whereas with series two, I had a lot more confidence that I had the reps that understood what we were doing. It's less about lessons. It's more about how I think about the market, what's going on with the consumer, also my strategy. So when I drew series one, I knew that providence mattered, a word that we used to talk about in NFT land that never gets brought up now. I wanted it to be mine. I wanted to establish it. I thought it would be important in this 50-year project that I drew it, not commissioned artist. But I also knew that I was trying to do video games and board games and cartoons and backpacks and candy. And so my sketches were not going to be the art for that. So I thought it was super important that I came out with a Series 2 pretty quickly after Series 1. So I knew that that would happen even before Series 1 came out. And so Series 2, the strategy was let's establish the IP. What is Empathy Elephant going to look like? You know, what is Entrepreneurial Elf going to look like? There's probably 800,000 lessons I learned. They're all micro. How to handle a Discord, what to do on Twitter, what to be prepared for if this is down. But nothing that sits on like the hardcore answer. It wasn't a lessons game. I'm in like always getting lessons, but more focused on consumer stuff than like, oh, I'm in. I think too many people are like, I learned this, I'm going to do this, but that might not fit what the market is at this moment. I mean, if I didn't look at VFriends Series 2, if I waited another month, I would have had to have a totally different launch because of where the market conditions went. I'm much more ready that way. I think of myself more as the kind of head coach of a football team that makes adjustments at halftime to what happened in the first half to win the game, more so than being obsessed the week ahead of like, this is gonna work. Because the reality is once the game's played, you had a lot of good ideas. Now you're down 17 to nothing at halftime. What are you gonna do? So Series 1 holders got the opportunity to come to VCon. Uh, are there any opportunities for Series 2 holders for VCon next year to get access? No. Series 1's contract is VCon 2022, 2023, 2024. Series 2 utility was the trading cards that they'll be getting shortly. The more interesting question is what, if anything, is going to happen in 2025. So the last time we spoke, you said that 98% of NFTs could go to zero long term, and you echoed that in your keynote speech. Uh, just give us your thoughts on that. Is that still the belief? Yes, it's called supply and demand. You know, it's just the way it's going to be. There's gonna to be too much supply and not enough demand. There's not enough good operators who can actually get people to fall in love with their characters or provide value and utility for their NFTs. And this is what happens in business. This is life, this is the way it is, you know? It's the way it is. I, and what was important for me saying that when everyone was in Nirvana, I mean, I got a lot of pushback from the community when I was going through last summer and fall and winter and saying 95, 97, 98, 99. Why are you doing this, Gary? You're supposed to be the champions of NFTs. I'm like, me saying 98% going to zero is being the champion. A lot of, a lot of people in my community were protected from this recorrection. And I'm proud of that. I also needed to put my head on my pillow. 
if I'm sitting out here beating the drum that this is all nirvana and everyone's gonna get rich quick and it's super easy, when, when this last month happened, I would really struggle with walking around Earth. I need to walk around with pride and, and happiness. And so I'm really happy I did that. I'm really happy I did that. You recently invested in the big three, three-on-three basketball league, Ice Cube. Several people joined, Snoop Dogg, Kevin Rose, a Solana project, a Dogecoin investor. What was it that drew you into Big Three? Was it the new NFT relationship that they built? Is it you know diversifying or that ultimate sports ownership that you've craved for so long? Yes, it was. It was the fact that they were innovating with NFT ownership. Uh, a lot of it had to do with Jeff and Cube. You know the guys and gals behind the Big Three, Lisa Leslie, like the people involved. You know I like doing business. I grew up in a family business. I like turning my employees into family. I'm about that life. So, you know, as somebody who grew up loving Cube, anytime you come across people you admired growing up, I always thought it was a creative superpower. If you think about where Ice Cube's career, I mean, Ice Cube, the gangster rapper, fuck the police, to making movies in Hollywood about being the cuddly dad, that is tremendous range creatively. I think he doesn't get enough credit for that. Same with Snoop, by the way. Think about who they are. They're like your favorite uncle and grandfather now started as gangster rappers. That is tremendous range creatively. Very underrated for both those guys of what they actually do. Very entrepreneurial. And let's not forget, the Big Three is a fairly successful sports league. Most sports leagues fail in the first year or never get off the ground. And then yes, of course, much like my esports ownership with my partnership with the Wilfs who own the Vikings, much like what I'm doing in pickleball, you know, I'm very quickly up to owning three teams now. You know, one is the majority owner and two in pickleball and two in minority ownerships. The way that Big Three did is you own 40% of the team if you buy all those tokens. But you don't get the operating profit. You just get it in transaction. It was another unique way. I love basketball. I think the league is really strong. I think the league can get bigger and better. I think I can help contribute to that. So it was all of the above. Along with VFriends, what other NFT projects, collections are you holding or do you follow along the way and you're excited about for their future growth? Creature World, because I think Danny Cole's a real artist. World of Women, because I think it kind of has solidified itself as the kind of alpha project in the the all-female creative space. X-Copy, as an individual artist, I think has real potential to be the Banksy and Andy Warhol of this space. Small artists like Jack NFT, who I used as a collaborator in series two with the glitch, similar to X Copy. Mumbot, who's speaking here, very big fan of her stuff. I think she's got real potential. I mean, God, there's a lot. Tom Sachs, I think, is one that I'm thinking about buying into again. I bought during the height of the market, but he's an outrageously successful contemporary artist who's like, little sculptures and big sculptures sell for a lot, a lot of money. I think his is very interesting. I gotta spend some more time. You know, I've been in a six month hiatus planning for series two and for VCon. Like probably the thing I'm most excited about this weekend ending is me getting back into like getting my strategy brains around projects in the space because I've been very insular, which I'm always uncomfortable when I'm insular. I always like when I'm tasting on the outside. Moonbirds, I think Kevin Rose, looks the most like me in the space, a true operator, has too much to lose for it to fail, has real skills, has done this before. So there's a lot of projects I'm excited about. Last question, 2022 Jets record prediction. Eight and nine. I think the schedule fucked us. I think we could have been better, but the first 10 games pisses me off. My great dream, as I sit here right now with you, 
is that I get to be back at this beautiful stadium on December 2nd because the Jets play the Vikings. But I won't come because it's a busy time of year for me if, the, if it's not a meaningful game for the Jets. If I can just get to December 2nd, this would be a remarkable season.